0: Well, welcome to the latest edition of the ASA podcast with me, Dr. Chris Keel. And what are we still calling this? Keeping it real with Dr. Keel. Oh, my. So, we actually got a question. Um, I may not know if this came from a member or not, but Brianna sent me one anyway, and I think that's great. I prefer asking you to ask me questions, because otherwise you're just listening to whatever's on my mind, and that can be dangerous. So, the question that we got, which I think is actually pretty appropriate, is... Has the exodus to the suburbs from the city eased any, or has it flipped in recent times? How could this affect the housing market, both single and family and multifamily? And that kind of ties into a whole set of conversations about how we work and where we work, and are we still doing everything remotely and all that sort of stuff. So the simple answer to the question is that yes, there has been a bit less of this exodus than we had seen during the height of the pandemic. It's still going on, but that's a trend that's been, you know, 40, 50 years in the making. Suburbs have been growing for years because people flee the city for a variety of reasons. People move out to the suburban areas sometimes to avoid congestion. They move because of school districts. They move because that's where their job is, et cetera. What was driving the pandemic move was people trying to find a less congested place to live, and that has kind of eased off. What we're seeing when it comes to housing is this real surge in multifamily activity at the expense of single-family, and we know most of the reason for that. Single-family mortgage rates have gone up dramatically. They've come down just a little bit in the last few weeks, but they're still nowhere near where they used to be. We were looking at rates two and a half, three percent, and now people get ecstatic if they can get a rate that's six percent, six and a half percent. So mortgages have doubled. Uh, let's put it that way. Housing prices have not come down appreciably, though they are starting to. Uh, this is generally a pattern. As mortgage rates go up, housing prices come down. First, you see it in the existing home market because people are trying to get rid of their houses. And if mortgage rates are high, there's less demand and therefore they have to lower their price to get a buyer to take the hint. We've seen a lot of existing home sales because the senior population is trying to move out of their homes into senior living, which is part of what's driving the multifamily expansion. So multifamily has been seeing an expansion unlike what we've seen since the eighties. So we're still looking at 12%, 13% permit increases month after month. The three things that are driving multifamily are pretty predictable. One is that senior housing expansion, people in the boomer generation looking for less responsibility when it comes to yards and snow removal and all that good stuff. You have second in that list, kind of the youngest generation, the Gen Z and millennials are still much more interested in apartments and lofts and that kind of thing. They're not yet ready for a single family move. They haven't really decided where they want to live. They don't have families yet, et cetera. But the third motivation is probably the most interesting and probably the most temporary because that's the group that would prefer to be in a single-family home but can't afford it right now. So they've been scared off by higher mortgage rates and the high price of homes. If either one of those things changes, that group that's been going into multifamily will abandon the multifamily and move back into that single-family category. We just don't know exactly what's going to trigger that migration. Do mortgage rates have to come back to where they were, 3%, unlikely, or would even just a drop to 5.5% be enough to trigger some of that movement? A lot of that is going to be determined by rents. Because what will begin to convince people to move back into single family is that if the rents that they're paying are equal to or above the mortgages that they would be paying, then it doesn't make sense to be in an apartment or loft anymore. It's kind of like, why do this when you're not building any equity? So we're going to be watching that kind of stuff uh, pretty closely. As I mentioned in the beginning, this is somewhat related to how we work because part of the motivation for leaving the inner cities and the urban areas, inner ring suburbs, etc., was that <clears throat> the commute was no longer an issue. People may have always wanted to be out a little bit. Suburbs are very appealing. There's more space, blah, blah, blah. However, if you were working in the inner city or in the inner part of a community, well, then you had to figure out your commute. And if you're in a place like Chicago or LA or Atlanta, that commute can be a killer. And you end up spending an hour on the road each way every day. So people were reluctant to move too far away. But when they started working remotely, they didn't have to worry about the commute. The commute is beginning to come back. We're looking at about 60%, 65% of people now back into traditional work environments, only about 30 40% still working remotely. The mass majority of businesses have sort of a hybrid now, where it's two days, three days in the office, two or three days working from home. You still then end up with a commute at least two or three times a week. And that begins to convince people that, yeah, living out here in the hinterlands may not be the best strategy for now. So we're beginning to see people go back to old familiar patterns. Frankly, the remote work environment works for some, doesn't work for everybody. In my experience, talking to the various groups that I talk to, accountants love it bankers love it. Um, people, engineers love it. There are people who work fundamentally alone anyway, and from their perspective, it's like, hey, working alone in an office is not a lot different from working alone at home. However, if you're in the sales structure, if you're in a part of the business that involves interacting with people, marketing, sales, just kind of interact in period, it's miserable to try to do it in a virtual environment. And so those people are definitely wanting to go back to old patterns. You also have a lot of complaints from supervisors who are saying, look, trying to supervise somebody who's working remotely is a nightmare. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, management by objective sounds good, but what ends up really happening is that people that I have working for me turn their work in Ten seconds before it's due. I mean, this is kind of my experience as a faculty person back in the day. (laughs) Remember, I used to be a professor for 15 years. The pattern, I mean, I would tell the students every year, if you would turn in your papers early, I will critique them, give them back to you, tell you what to improve. You can guarantee yourself an A. When did I get the papers? Ten seconds before they were due. And then I would tell the student, well, this is it, kid. I mean, you are turning it in the day it's due. Whatever grade you get, you get. There's no time to revise, review, change. So supervisors are running into that same problem. People are not doing their work in advance. They're doing it at the very last second. The other problem has been onboarding new people. How do you onboard somebody, teach them the corporate culture when they're never around the corporate culture to begin with? I mean, they're just working from home, and and it doesn't really allow much cohesion. So those things have combined to start putting people back into that office environment. The implications, of course, for ASA members, multifamily is more conducive to what the ASA member produces, distributes, builds more units, more appliances, more plumbing, more HVAC, all of that stuff. Single family is lucrative to a degree, but you have to see larger developments before you're going to get the volume. So right now, the multifamily enthusiasm hasn't really hurt the ASA member much. The concern down the road is, does any of this slow down? Does there become a point where... Between higher rents and higher mortgages, people just don't find new housing, period. We're still short something like 5 million homes nationwide. Some areas, much, much more severe shortages than others. I mean, those fast-growing communities have kind of overwhelmed their infrastructure. So with that, I'm going to shut up. And if you have further questions about other terribly interesting things, like, you know, the future of Luxembourg. Surely somebody out there wants to know the future of Luxembourg. Just ask me, and and I'll try to figure it out. Thanks, and we'll talk next time.